There it is, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite day of the week, SHIT. So happy happy it's Thursday. Thursday. You guys want to wake up wealthy? I'm sure you do. That's how we're, that's what we're going to talk about today. Waking up wealthy, full stack. We got a great show for you planned today. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. <laughs> Drop the heat, man. Here we all go. right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's guest has walked a path to success that's been rife with challenges, but with grit, determination, and a a little bit of luck, our guest has been able to build quite a legacy for himself, and he's not even 30 yet. Born to teenage parents, our guest was a baby raised by babies. By the time he was in college, drugs and alcohol had taken such a strong hold on his life that our guest literally died from overdose. While in recovery, our guest adopted a growth mindset, and since then, he's built four six-figure businesses in as many years and developed his knowledge and skills in real estate investing, telecom sales, and payment processing. Now he wants to show men everywhere that they can show up as their greatest selves and experience the highest levels of success in mind, body, spirit, and business. Joining us today from Wake Up Wealthy, the most elite coaching program for men under 40, according to Entrepreneur Magazine and Forbes, welcome to the show, Brody Brody, what's up, man? Welcome to the program. Three minutes in. What do you think of the show so far? What's going on, guys? Great to meet you. I love how I love how you do things here. You got the whole stream set up well, and it uh, looks like you guys got it dialed. How many episodes have you done? You are episode 835. So if we didn't oh, have shit. our shit together by this point, <laughs> I'd say there's something wrong, right? Totally. That makes sense, though. That makes sense. The whole production's clean, dude. I really, really like it. Appreciate it, my brother. All right, man. Let's let's jump into this, man. A- any good story starts off in the gutter, man. Like it, going from rags to riches, that's the American dream. Your rags were a little deeper than uh, some other ones, right? I mean, you had some soil on your stuff. Tell me about your past real quick. Yeah, totally, man. So, you know, when we're looking at, I feel like I've lived a long life for being, I just turned 28 years old and, you know, childhood. So I had, I had two very young parents. My parents were 17 and I was in, in a split household. They were never together. So it was like, I had one household that was really cool. Like one of my parents was super loving and it was a great experience. It was exactly like what you would want growing up. But then in the other household where I was 50% of the time, I had an alcoholic parent who was super mentally, physically abusive. And that contrast as a child always made me like 
really uncertain, really unclear about where I fit in the world and like what life was supposed to look like. And I didn't really, I didn't realize that it was affecting me in any sort of way. It was just what I knew. Right. But then as soon as I got out on my own, and I went to college. I went to college at the University of Missouri, chose not to go on and play baseball in college because I wanted to party and joined a fraternity up there. And dude, just very quickly, things started to get out of control. And and I should have like I everyone else saw it coming. Like I was experimenting with hard drugs pretty young, like 15, 16. Um, I was partying a lot in high school when it wasn't baseball season. And very quickly, like my life became out of control the year that I was 21 I overdosed six times um and you know was brought back a couple times and ultimately ended up checking myself into rehab I had reached a point of desperation where I just you know I, I was really desperate not to live life the way that I was living anymore and I learned a lot like going to rehab and that was kind of the catalyst catalyst for introspection and self-development right getting exposed to AA and spiritual principles and so from there, it was like, dude, when I got sober, I had so much time on my hands and I had so much time to actually think because, and all of my time was spent trying not to get loaded for at least like that first year. You know what I mean? Mm. And you learn a lot about yourself like that. You learn a lot about what you're capable of and you learn about a lot about what it means to actually commit to something. And from there, it was like, dude, I was, I was this college dropout because I dropped out my junior year of college to check myself into rehab and chose not to go back. And so I was this college dropout junkie, like wasn't very employable around this time. All my friends were graduating college, getting jobs. And I was like, dude, like I have to, like, I, I feel ambitious and I have this chip on my shoulder from what the last five years of my life had looked like. And I really wanted to find a path out and business has a relatively low barrier to entry. And I, I went there. Because in also in addition to that, it like it gave me control so much of my life, including my childhood, I felt so out of control. And then I obviously felt out of control in my addiction because I was just sedating, numbing and just hiding from everything because I couldn't control my mind. It was like what was going on up here was what caused me to use and business like provided a place where I could create agency over my life. Would you say that it was like a like business is like a distraction from the life that you were leading or was it like a catalyst to open the door to a new life? No, I would say it was a catalyst to open up the door to a new life. Right. And, and in a sense, there were times where sure in the beginning, maybe it was a distracting distraction. It allowed me to stay busy. Right. Because dude, when you first get into business, like I got into real estate as a low barrier to entry as an agent, take a class, pass the test. It was like, dude, I was spending all my time studying all my time doing everything that I can. But it's like, if there's anything looking back that I know now after, after coaching over 400 guys and like doing everything that I have personally building a ton of, a ton of different, you know, smaller businesses while I was figuring out what I liked, developing my skill sets. And then now a couple bigger businesses, it's like, dude, if you're not dialed personally, business isn't going to work, right? It, business mm -hmm. at scale isn't going to work, right? You can hustle and make a couple six figures a year and not be that dialed using it as a distraction to hide from all of your stuff. But it's like, are you, are you guys in relationships? You married to have kids? Yeah. 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 I dude. And so, sure. so it's like a fucked up marriage or, or like feeling like you're a bad father or anything like that in your personal life makes business infinitely harder. Right. Oh, yeah. It makes business 100%. infinitely harder. And so like business, while maybe temporarily could be a distraction from something else going on in your life, it is not a long-term solution. They, it ends up imploding.
And so I had to really use that moment as like to be able to build myself bulletproof here to go out and execute because business is pretty, it's pretty mechanical, right? It's like you, you come up with hypothesis, you test, you look at the data and you iterate. It's not that, it's not that difficult. What makes it hard is the human condition and not using this to fuck up the whole thing. Yeah, we all have our our own limitations. Like, I mean, you you had to overcome some major stuff that people just succumb to. Like, this is my new life. This is my normal. I am not a college graduate. I am not, you know, a successful person. I am addicted to drugs. Like, you could have worn that as your as your outer outer rim, as your shirt, as your shield. Right. This is who I am. But instead, you shed that and you you go on and do something else. Like. I'm wondering because some of those some of those things are highly physically addicting, if not mentally addicting. Like, did you how do you how do you just go cold turkey and deal with some of those things that are still pulling at you every single day? It, like substance wise, yeah, substance wise or even habits wise. Yeah, su- substance wise, it's like. I mean, dude, I went to I went to a twenty day twenty eight day in person in person rehab treatment facility and then getting exposed to AA, like AA really fucking works and why it works is a totally like wacky concept. And, but if you do the things there, it works. Right. And what you start to understand there is like people have people who like don't understand AA or addiction, like have a beef with how in AA, you always still call yourself an alcoholic. You always still identify Mm -hmm. as an alcoholic because like identity can be toxic, right? Like you were just saying, it's like, I'm not a successful person. I'm a drug addict, right? Like I'm a college dropout, whatever. But that's that's a fringe scenario where you identify as an alcoholic, but everything else in AA, if there's anything that it taught me, it was like, I really held on to the fact that I was, I couldn't, like I was powerless over drugs and alcohol. Right. Mm-hmm. And through putting together some time in AA first, it was a month and it was six months and it was a year. And I just picked up five years sober. And it's like, dude, Congrats. you, you realize that, thank you, that you are totally in control. Right. And so yeah. that's why I led into business because it created that feeling of agency. Right. It was like in co- everything comes down on me. And that was a place that I felt comfortable in after I started building some wins and building some momentum. And so to answer your question, like breaking away from those things, it, it's not something that happens overnight. It's by creating small wins. Right. Like whenever I got sober, because, dude, whenever whenever I was like doing drugs and drinking, I. I mean, I barely ate food. I, I mean, I was a hopeless, like crawl to the handle alcoholic mm. and I like, I barely ate food. I mean, I looked like death and I was just not healthy. And so whenever I like got sober, my appetite came back and I put on like 40 pounds of fat. I had no, I was like 240 pounds, no muscle. <laughs> and I was like, fuck dude. Like I look like I look worse than I did when I was drinking <laughs> and, uh, I need to like get my shit together. And so it was like, dude, like implementing like good eating habits and like starting to get back into the gym, which I hadn't done since being an athlete in high school. It was like, it's, it's these little daily wins that start to start to add up. Right. And, yeah. and the gro- the growth is exponential and, and the way that it takes hold in your mind is also exponential. Dude. And that, and that opens up the door to the way that, I mean, you coach over 400 people, like that's huge. First of all, you you're connecting with them, right? So there's something in your personality. There's something in your message that people are like, they see themselves in it. Maybe they weren't in the exact same situation or as bad as, as you got down, but there are things that they are overcoming in their own life. I mean, you talked about marriages, you talked about relationships, a lot of those different things that are really holding them back. When you're connecting with your coaching clients, what is it that you see most often that they have to overcome in their lives so that they can get out of their own way and become success. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And so like, because dude, the one thing that I think we've done really well is like when I started out coaching, I was mostly like a symptomatic coach, right? I was kind of dabbling in the online world. I would get some people to pay me, right? They show up, they're like, Hey, this is my problem. And I'm like, cool. Like this is my mindset and experience around that, right? Like, what do you think? Maybe we should try this. But what we did well at Wake Up Wealthy was we did a really good job, like logging data and logging conversations. And after about a hundred clients, we looked at patterns, right? Mm -hmm. And we took a data-driven approach to building what was the new version of Wake Up Wealthy. And so we have a lot of like performance data and habit data on male entrepreneurs who are, you know, within the 250,000 to 1 million revenue range. And it's like, dude, the number one thing that these guys all struggle with that truly causes a lot of fucking problems in their life is, is like the, the feeling of unworthiness, yes. right? The feeling of unworthiness. I see every man struggling with it. Right. And it seems like a small thing in like, Obviously, it's a big thing, but it's like, okay, how is this actually affecting the business? But when you look at how that underlying belief that you are not enough affects the way that you make decisions, affects the way that you take action inside of business, affects the way you, I mean, you can, you simply will look at data and distort it to match and validate that feeling that you are not enough when reality was just a natural failure of business, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, we see this a lot and it, and it slows guys speed. And what do we know about business? It, it's just a speed of iteration game. Yeah, it's a repetition. Try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, and then you hit the you hit the one that works. You know, it's funny totally. that you say that because we're we're living in a society today where being a man, being a man's man, is frowned upon almost. It's looked down upon. It's toxic masculinity. It's really holding us back on some of the things that we used to that used to drive us. Competition, you know, and being being on top of your game. Now we get pushed back in a lot of different levels and we don't want to be assholes. I mean, that's not the intent that, 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 uh, that man's man's feeling is, is like, it, it really pushes us, but there's a lot of pushback, that insecurity feeling, that unworthiness feeling, it comes from somewhere, right? It comes from something in the outside world that's pushing them in because chances are the people that you're talking to, they didn't get to, to you know, quarter million to a million dollars in revenue by being dumbasses. Like that's not how they got there but that unworthy feeling is still there. Like, how are we, how are we dealing with that? And, you know, what are some tips that we can do to deal with those things? Cause I know in my own perspective, I feel like that very often and I come off as very confident, right? For the totally. most part, I'm very confident in almost anything I do. I'm consistent with almost anything I do, you know, working out, you know, doing what I need to do. But that doesn't mean that I don't have that feeling of unworthiness that that pops into my head almost regularly that imposter syndrome how what, you know what are some things we can do to kind of get past that yeah great question so the first thing the first thing that i recommend guys do is like really start to build the habit of objectifying information right because when we look at something we are automatically looking at it through a subjective lens, right? We are taking all of our experiences from the past, everything that has ever happened inside and outside of our control, and we're projecting it onto this situation with which distorts what we're actually looking at, right? The skill to build is objective thinking, right? Because when you can objectify a piece of information, including a thought, right? You can say, hey, does this make sense? Or does this serve me? Or does this not serve me, right? And when you can build the practice of being able to watch thoughts come by in your mind objectively or in things happening in your business and you're not actually identifying with that because look the mind's fucked up dude like the human condition is a spiritual disease like we are all sick in the head and 
just because you have a thought in your mind does not mean that's who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And it also doesn't mean that it's true. Your mind will play tricks on you, right? And so if I have a thought that says, hey, you know, you're not good enough to get on this podcast or you're not good enough to step on this stage or you're not good enough to lead all these men, right? That doesn't mean that that's true, right? That is a bullshit story that my mind has used past failures and situations to come up with and articulate and tell me that's how the future is going to go. The ego, the mind, it doesn't know how the future is going to go because it only has the past to reference. Mm -hmm. It's protecting you from discomfort, right? Like they, yeah. they, you, it's funny because people are like, oh, what should I do to, to, to lose weight? I'm like, you know, that one thing that you hate doing, it's probably the one thing that's going to get you the biggest results, right? You know, I tell people all the time, I'm, I run six miles a day. I hate running. I do not like running. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but I know it will give me the greatest results for what I'm doing. And it is, it's working, right? And I think you do what six miles every day, dude, every day. Yeah. Five days a week. How long have you been doing that? Um, probably since just say, by before July. August. Yeah. Yeah. Before, about July. before that I was at like three or four miles a day. And then sure. James, James convinced me to do a marathon. So I started training for it. It wasn't and then even just, marathon. It was an eight miler. I there said, get a couple of six mile runs in, and this crazy <laughs> asshole decides he wants to start running six miles every day. But it well, works, bro. I, I, but he he is that he is that consistency guy, right? Like he's he's going to if he says he's gonna run six miles a day, he goes out there and he doesn't. And I think he's freaking crazy, but. No. And that's great, dude. And look like, so I hate running as well. And cause I'm, I'm like five eleven right now, like two twenty five. And a couple of years ago I ran a 50 mile ultra oh. and I did it just to, just to see if I could harden my mind. Right. Could I pull? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and, um, Dude, six miles, like when you're conditioned in six miles is not that fucking taxing. And it's like you go out for an hour run and you're not like, it's not like the end of the world. You're not totally smoked. That is like truly a high quality experience of life. You feel amazing. Yes, you absolutely do. 100%, dude. I mean, there now if I skip, like I didn't, uh, I didn't go for a run yesterday. My body was super sore. I was like, all right, I'll take a break. Try to listen to my body, right? I didn't feel as energized throughout the day. Like if, if I have to do that in my routine, 240 uh, push-ups, 200 sit-ups and six mile run every day. And I just feel good. Like I'm, I'm on a different level. Right. And, and I think that consistency that you can put into anything in your life, because it doesn't start off with those numbers. It starts off with, you know, I, I, I and COVID hit and I was like, you know what? I got to do push-ups. I'm gonna try to do 200 push-ups. I'm going to give myself four hours. I put an alarm for every one hour and I'm like 50 push-ups every hour. If it takes me 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm going to get it done. And now I'm down to doing that, you know, 240 pushups in like 30 minutes. And, and it's, it's just progression, right? Like that, that ability to get down and do it. That's really what it's about. But how do you coach that? How do you tell somebody like, dude, that thing that you're avoiding, that discomfort that you're avoiding, that's the thing you got to do. Go freaking do it. How do you, how do you get guys to do that? Well, so you, you like, they have to get a taste of it. Right. And so right off the, right off the jump, it's like accountability needs to be there. Account, mm -hmm. Accountability and support needs to be there. Right. And then on the back end of that, it's like, you need to have, you need to have tracking and gamification. And like, if you want to be a truly high performer, you need to have tracking and gamification dialed into your life. And so it's like, dude, we have something that we give all of our guys. We call them the mastery metrics. And it's the custom built tracker that looks at their habits, their non-negotiables in their personal life. 
and in their business, right? And we're tracking these over the month and it's generating a score in reports that gives you the ability to optimize your data over time, right? And when it's right there in your face, like, dude, you want to know how you get people to do shit? You hold up the fucking mirror. Why yes. people don't get results is because they're really fucking good at justifying to their bullshit to themselves, yes. right? And why they hire a guy like me is because I'm wildly good at holding up the mirror and telling the fucking truth. Yep. You can't handle the truth. Exactly, exactly. By the way, James's line is always the same thing. If it can be measured, it can be improved, right? And that's really what you're doing. You're saying, look, whatever it is that your that your goal is, I don't care if it's financial, I don't care if it's physical, I don't care if it's your relationship, there are metrics that you can measure. And once you know exactly where you're at, you can get better at it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's that's the game, dude, because it's like, look, if I don't if I don't track my habits over the course of a month and I think back into the month because I, I, I'm i like, yeah, I did pretty good. You know yeah. what I mean? It was fine. I did good. But then when you put it on paper, you're like, fuck, like I missed this, this, this and this. And I'm wondering why I don't have, you know, why I didn't hit the targets that I wanted to this month. And it's because I skipped seven runs or I skipped 12 meditations or whatever, you know, but it's like these little things add up the compound effect on the positive and negative side is exponential and you get to choose which way you want it to go. But the only way to know that you're on track is by tracking. Yeah. 100%. Those little things. I, I love that you mentioned the compound effect because it works both ways. You know, I mean, yes. you know, in my, in my uh, financial algebra class, we're always talking about compound interest being the eighth wonder of the world, but I explain how compound interest can work for you just as easily as it can work against you. And some of those habits that you have in place, those are the things that are either working for you or against you. You're either growing or you're, or you're decaying, right? Like one of the two things is happening in your life. Making a decision to do something, you're moving in the direction that you want to go in. Choosing to do nothing, you're moving in a direction that you don't want to go in. Nothing is still a direction. So, all right, developing habits and routines. What are some of the great routines or habits that we should have in place at the bare minimum to be moving in a positive direction? Bare minimum, you need to have a practice that allows you to dissect the thoughts that are going on in your mind, right? And so whether this is journaling, taking some deep reflection time to actually think critically about, about hey, how are the frameworks in which I, I think affecting the decisions that I make in my life, right? Because if you can go second and third level into why you made a decision, you can start to optimize, right? But most of us, we just go through life automatically and we're not thinking about, hey, who taught me to think that way? Who taught me to make that decision that way? Like it's important to start designing the way that you think based on the outcome that you are looking to achieve. Because most of our thinking, especially for young individuals, is designed by conditioning, right? Imperfect lessons from imperfect teachers, being parents, peers, teachers, whoever, right? Mm -hmm. It's like most like in aggregate all of these influences were telling us how to think. Now what happens in your twenties and why like your twenties are kind of fucking brutal is because you have to unwind all this shit and decide what type of life you want to live yeah. or you have to, or you have to just, you know, Suck be a victim and, deci yeah. and decide that like you're cool with this shit forever, which for most people who are ambitious, it's like, we're fucking not cool with that. That shit sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I living your life by design versus default, dude, you're, you're hundred percent correct. All right. What am I going to find on your website? Like if, if, if I go to wake up wealthy, like what is that program all about? So when we look at how wake up wealthy is structured and the philosophies that we live and teach, right? It's 
And I won't bore you with the story of how I came to all these ideas, because really what matters is like, look, I've proven this thing over a large data set to work. And when we look at Wake Up Wealthy, it's first about it's first about performance of the entrepreneur and then tackling business, right? Like I said before, business is mechanical. And it's my belief that everyone who has the balls to get into business and at least makes $100,000 or $75,000 or whatever is smart enough to over the next 10 years, figure out how to make a million a year. Mm -hmm. And if, if they understand how to keep this clear, and how to stay bulletproof here and how to objectively look at data and solve problems, not, a, not project their bullshit onto it, but how to objectively solve problems and think critically. And so when I started looking at how to actually make this happen, how do I make someone bulletproof to be able to handle any amount of pressure or challenge that comes in? There's three things that need to be dialed in before we start to look at business, right? That's mind, body, and spirit. So your mindset, where it all starts. You need to be able to, and we've been talking about this this entire time, to take in data, right? To take in data and clearly analyze it and make a decision, right? You need to be rock solid here. You can't get spun out about shit. It just doesn't fucking serve you. It doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve employees. It doesn't serve clients. It doesn't serve your family. It doesn't serve anyone, right? Mindset is a key piece, right? The frameworks in which you think. Next, body, right? Body has to be dialed. You're learning it from running fucking... Yep. Six, yep. 50 miles, 35 miles a week or whatever, 30 miles a week. It's like, dude, it's not just about like, it's, it's multifaceted when you look at body, right? Because it influences the mind. And, and the interesting thing is that mind, body, spirit, business, they all influence each other. Right. But body is important for a couple of reasons. Yes. It calluses the mind. It makes it so that you can handle more pressure. It shows you who you are. It holds up that mirror around, hey, what are you really made of? But on top of that, a body that functions well, a body that is fit, a body that is fed well, your physiology creates more energy. It allows you to have more output. It allows you to be less sluggish, have less brain fog. It allows you to sleep and recover better, which you can do more. You can work more. You can push harder. You can work out harder. You can do everything more, 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 more. And output is what creates input. And so that is why body is very, very important. Now, talking about spirit, spirit is something that I fought for a really long time. I'm not a religious guy. I never have been. But whenever I started getting sober, I was forced to find some sort of spiritual connection. It's part of the program there and really start to understand that world. And when you're looking at spirituality, and, and I actually have a pretty big beef with like a lot of spiritual coaches online and the way that they look at things, like spirituality is a phenomenal tool. And its purpose is to unclog the pipes in your mind and, and mm -hmm. in your life, right? Like, like looking at med meditation is one of the most valuable tools in the fucking world, period, if you use it consistently. Now, building in connection to everything else that is going on around you allows you to do the impossible. It'll, I have situations in my life that I have planned for through meditation, through visualization, through journaling that were seemingly impossible that I was able to pull off. And it even bothers me saying that because it leaves the realm of pragmatism. But the reality is it's fucking there. And also I think like we're maybe, I think within my lifetime, we'll be able to show that it's just science and shit, quantum physics. But Right now, you got to buy into the fact and see it for yourself. Like, don't take my word for it. Meditate every day for 30 days. Put it, put your target on something that you want. Take action to it throughout the day and see how much easier that comes without doing the meditation.
Yeah, and you've heard it over and over again. I mean, this is the second time in two shows that I'm mentioning it, but one of the first things that I got introduced to very early on, I was like, you know, 20 years ago, uh, was Earl Nightingale's Strange Secret. And it's that is essentially what it's all about. It's it's putting yourself in that state of mind where you can believe that there is an alternate life out there. Like, you know, knock and the door shall be open unto you, right? Like go and actually think and believe that this life that you want is literally possible. You might not know how- Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. Thanks, Will, exactly, right? You might not know exactly how you're gonna get there. You might not know what the end result is gonna be, but believing in that, that thing, that's the spiritual side, right? Having that belief, having that faith that you can become whatever it is that you wanna become, and then taking action towards it, things tend to happen. And it's, it's weird how magical it kind of really feels when you're taking action steps and then all of a sudden you feel like you got, you know, lucky, but you put yourself in a position to take advantage of this opportunity, right? I mean, that's that's really what you're describing when you're describing the power of the uh, of like meditation and, and putting your mindset there, right? Look, dude, you put a target in your mind and you put aligned and congruent action behind it and the universe will align itself to match you. That's a fucking fact. Fact. Dude, you see it over and over again. I mean, Every fucking day. You are a living example of that. Like you totally shit life. I mean, you literally could have ended up dead and you were multiple times. But when you sobered up, you put a target out there. You had this vision of what you wanted to become. Did you know you were going to be coaching and, and doing this exactly? Or what was your idea then? And, and what does it look like today? No. So for a long time, I was really like, dude, I was staying busy. I knew that I wanted money and I wanted to, I wanted to feel in control. Right. And so I built a business inside, uh, being a real estate agent, you know, I hired a couple people was doing a lot of deals there, ultimately decided that I hated the fucking space and was like, I'm out. Right. This is 18, 24 months in. Um, and so, you know, it was a really great learning experience. I, I had learned a lot about business, a lot about client acquisition, a lot about sales and a lot about what I didn't want my life to look like. You know, I would look around and I would see a lot of these agents just caught up in the rat race forever. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Selling, yeah. you know, 20, 30 deals a year, you know, living good, but they're working, you know, they're taking calls eight, 9 PM. I'm like, not my life. Not for, not for me, dude. Like, and, and like just my income coming down to like someone being like, yeah, I like don't want to buy this house because that wall's blue. And like me having to refrain from being like fucking painted. It was just not for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and so, no. so then I like, I went through a period where I was kind of just like hustling deals. So I like knew some people in the call center space, which are some big influences to me early on. And the nice thing about the call center space was that it was surrounded by a lot of other spaces. And so I was having to get dangerous to be able to even just speak the vernacular in these other spaces to try to put deals together. Cause I would find guys who had like manpower and centers. Then I would find contracts. I'd try to put them together and get a residual on that. Right. And so I was doing that for about 18, 24 months as well. And at that point I was like, you know, and there was some overlap in there too. Like when I started doing that and when I left real estate, right. And then I was about to get married in 2018 and my wife, my fiance at the time, my now wife was pregnant with our son. And I was just like, dude, all my income came down to these two clients that I fucking hated. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can't do this. I can't roll into this next phase of life doing this. And so 
luckily at that time I had banked a little bit of cash and I got married, went on my honeymoon, we were chilling and like I had downloaded Instagram a little bit before because I was like not really working. I was like bored and I was like, huh, I wonder like what's good with this app. It's clearly been very popular. I wasn't like, I wasn't on it at that time. Um, I'd use Facebook for real estate, but like never used Instagram. And so I downloaded it and I saw that people were like coaching and speaking and talking about philosophy. And I was like, oh, that makes sense that people are doing this. I think I'll do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was a really simple thought that I was just like, like the, the a superpower for me always has been like, I don't overthink things. Right. I was like, oh, yep, I think I can do that. And granted, I had already proved to myself that I could do a lot of impossible shit. And so I didn't have to like really play that game. And don't get me wrong. Later on, once I got into the space, there were a lot of moments of uncertainty and imposter syndrome and whatever. But like in the beginning, when I was really like first taking a lot of action, getting me involved in the space, it was real simple. I was like, people are doing this. I think I can do it. Let's go. Mm. And, you know, you said something in that that uh, really, really hit me. It's that for a long time, even even today, I don't always know exactly what I want. But what I do know is what I don't want. Right. I know that the things in my life that I do not want, there's certain things that I just like, you know, doing a lot of some of this tedious work. No, that's why I have teams to do certain things. Right. There are certain things in my life that I know I don't want. And at least that is a stepping stone. So. Dude, before we head out, I mean, dude, 30 minutes just flew by, by the way. So, I mean, that was totally. that was amazing. But um, before we head out, if people want to work with you, find out more stuff about what you're doing, get some coaching information, how can they do that? Yeah, so, you know, we've put wakeupwealthy.com on here. Wakeupwealthy.com is our hub for everything. I'm constantly uploading free trainings to there and not just like little videos. Like, dude, I have 90-minute trainings, two-hour trainings on there to show you how to make shit happen inside of your business. Whatever space you're in, there will be valuable information on there on the mindset and performance side as well as on the business side. And so it's like, dude, my only ask to you is like, if you're not where you want to be in business yet, go on there, see if there's anything that helps you. And like, I can assure you there will be. But if you want more, like shoot me a message on Instagram, shoot me a message on there and I, I will create a training for you. Right. And if you ever want to know what coaching looks like, I'll give you a million opportunities on that website to book a call. Like, and that's my only ask to you. Let me deliver value to you first. If you want to talk about coaching, we're down. Mm, that's how it works. Ladies and gents, bringing the value first. Look, I get it. It's, it's, you know, so happy it's Thursday, one of my favorite days of the week. But there's some of us out there that look at Thursdays as Friday Eve. Why? Because we love Fridays and hate Mondays. And if you're tired of living that life, you're tired of waking up on Monday morning, hating the job that you're going to, you have too much month at the end of your money, you need to seek coaching just like what Brody's showing you here. It's a little shift in your mindset. It's some little routines. It's a little bit of work that you have to do just to get yourself in action and then the world is going to line up the universe will line up for you brody you've been amazing my friend thank you very much for coming on the show appreciate you very much before we head out is there anything that maybe i missed that i didn't cover that you wanted to cover on the show no i think we i think we hit a lot man and i enjoyed i enjoyed being on today it's like if i can leave everyone with one thing it's like dude audit the way you think audit the way you think it does not happen enough. And I harp on it all the fucking time because every single guy I watch come into my program truly in pain and they do so for no reason. They know that they don't need to do this, but they never audit the way that they think. And so they continue to run stories and patterns and programs that cause them pain and don't serve their outcomes. Mm. 
Take the blue pill, ladies and gents. Get your ass out of the matrix and start running your own life. All right, Brody, man, we are big on video testimonials here. So my last question to you, you've been on a lot of stages. You've been on a lot of podcasts. What was your experience like on the business bros? Yeah, look, man, this is, and I will say, like, I've gone on a break over the last 12 months of being on podcasts, really focusing on building. But I mean, I've been on at least 50, 60 podcasts and, you know, I mean, in, in quite a few stages, but it's like, this is by far like visually the way that you guys have this set up, one of the best podcasts I've watched for a Zoom setting, right? It's like when you have an in-person studio, you can create an aesthetic and do a bunch of things. But when you're forced to Zoom, you can't do that. And so you guys have really done a tremendous, tremendous job setting yourselves apart with the way that you stream this and cut to everything. And so hats off to you. Questions were good. Conversation was good. The whole thing was dialed. And so like, I appreciate that because podcast, why I took a break is because podcasts can get really fucking repetitive and brutal. Thank you, my brother. Really appreciate that. Ladies and gents, that's all we got for right now. We got another four o'clock spot coming up a little bit later, but make sure you guys do me a favor. Go to wakeupwealthy.com, www.wakeupwealthy.com. Check out all the content that Brody has on there. It just takes one little spark. I mean, you heard it in Brody's story. Just one thought that pops into your head and you're like, uh, I can do that. That's what we want to pop into your head. Something that says, I don't like where I'm at. See an opportunity and then change your mind and say, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, you might suck at first. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle. But as soon as you start taking that action and you start doing it over and over and over, you're going to get better. Anything that could be measured can be improved. Brody showing that uh, in his life and as well with all the other coaching clients that he's got. So www.wakeupwealthy.com. Make sure you guys check it out. Brody, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys in a little while. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.